I am unashamed. What about you? So last night we had the um, we had a birthday party. It was your birthday. The happy birthday, by the way. Hey, I forgot to give you a card. Are you hurt? Uh, there's not much. <laughs> there's not much happiness uh, involved when you get to be seventy six. So maybe happy, we should just say birthday. birthday. I said, why don't you just tell it like it is? <laughs> Time is growing now. <laughs> What yeah. that means? Is. I don't know. It's not. Nice. It wasn't happy. That's why I didn't call you. Yeah, I'm happy. All right, I'm four years inside of eighty. Yeah, I'm jumping up and down about that. <laughs> well, some people you don't you... realize that till you get there, and then you say, "Well, what you know? I done turned into an old man here." <laughs> Sometimes I like it because your old man get away with a lot more than a young. Oh, man. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, because because look, old people because they just say, "Well, some old guy out there ranting exactly. and raving." And you say about, whatever you want. You, know, somebody you can trash about somebody. Jesus. Some old coot hollering about Jesus, you know, he's, he's a nut. Yeah. I you can that. say something about the way people look, and they're just like, oh, oh yeah. It's an yeah. old man. That's yeah, what he does. Old, yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. And their kinda... driving is just ridiculous. Oh, oh yeah. Insane. They don't look, pull out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hope, who, what, worst thing happened to me, put me in the ground. Oh, well. Seinfeld said that, they, but you've earned that. They, that you, the speed limit ought to be your age. As you're yeah, older, you're, <laughs> you're 80, you're not going to drive 80, <laughs> I don't know, that'd be funny. So we had a, so Willie, you know, Willie's the, I guess I should say Willie and Corey, cause he didn't really plan it, but you know, they're the king of the party, big tent parties. Oh yeah. They love the big tents out on the, on the lawn, you know, they got their big house. Oh yeah. And, um, so Corey planned up a Willie turned I mean, 50. Crowds can gather within minutes. Oh yeah. And, and they did. And it was funny because they were like, so the chef, you know, you got a couple of chef friends from ours from Alabama. They came up, they stayed at my house. But this was mostly close kin. Yeah, this was this was family and then some like really close friends. You know, you. Rochi was there and, you know. Well, they gave me such a hard time about showing up after it was over. <laughs> but I was going to mention that. Well, I never got invited. <laughs> I mean, because I come in over there and Willie's like, you're just not getting there. It's over. I said, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, when he was up on the, so it was a roast, and yeah. and it was, so there were about six, of, it was me and John Luke, Zach, were family, and then you have Martin, LaRoche, and but Reed. Did you get invited to this? Yeah, you did too. They mailed it to your house, but you don't you don't get the mail. When's I guess. the last time I read the mail? <laughs> somebody, yeah, somebody walked by and Man. said, but but I notice these gigs now. You can miss one on the first part of the week, but there's always others popping up. <laughs> if you just go with birthdays, you get fifty, sixty people, kids, well, especially uh, in Corey's family, distant kin, close kin. When you when you when you you, you can form a your know, party can can get unleashed within seconds. Well, I have to say, to be fair to Jay, so so Jace was sleeping, so he oh, got wow, I took a nap. He got there. Just as the just as the band cranked up, I got there. Like, not, yeah, because I heard boom, 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 and I thought, "Oh, that's what Mia was talking about." Because Mia came by, but I, I, I mean, this out. thing here was with music. Oh, it. it the no, band, I went to they bed. They don't do parties went, without bands. Though. I went back to bed at midnight, and I had to go get a box and turn it on because when I laid down in bed, it was boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that's why our neighborhood loves. This is the so first one that that your mother has said walked up to me and said i'm just too tired to go i mean i, did, I just don't want to go a good call cause i that said thing well got cranked up i said well call willie and tell him i said you know break his heart but you call him and tell him i said whatever you want to do you I'll. know it's funny it, it oh. did kind of because so he was assuming that mom was gonna get up and say something about him so he had prepared a whole like rebuttal to her roast yeah assuming she was gonna she be just didn't show that's the best roast possible it is and and then he said that he told the whole thing because she called and she said i can't come willie i have diarrhea is yeah. what Willie said. She said, yeah. and so he might have made that up. Maybe so, but so we so we roasted him, and uh, so then he gets the rebuttal, and so when he gets up, and you know Willie's pretty quick because he didn't know what we we're gonna say, so he's over there making notes while we're ripping him, and uh, so he he gets up. And the first thing he says is, "I just want to thank my mom and dad for being here tonight. You know, just <laughs> they've been so good to support me." And all you know, he goes through the whole thing. Everybody's just rolling, you know. Then he's like. 
Jace, are you here? And it was nothing. He said, oh. and then everybody started laughing. And he said, that wasn't even a joke. I mean, I, I, I literally thought he was here. <laughs> I wasn't there. I was sleeping. <laughs> and then he was like, Jeff, are you here? Nothing. So I was sitting up on stage. Of course, you know, he's about to rip me to shreds anyway, which he did. And he said, Al, I guess you're the only one that cares about me. And then he rips me for, you know, 10 minutes, calls me a fat pig and everything else. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's but funny. It, it was funny. It, it really was. I mean, I hate I missed it. If you were going to do I it, that's the, the way to do part. it. I got to see everybody. And, uh, so my my roast was. Uh, I knew everybody'd have a. I knew they'd be talking about his weight and all that. Which Willie's actually lost weight. He's in pretty good shape now. But so I knew they'd go there. So I went for the uh, all the different hairdos he's had through the years. And so Corey helped gather me some pictures. So I did you know mine. You know preacher. I did mine PowerPoint style. But it was funny. It was just some funny. He's had some looks through the years. You know, Willie, he, at one time, he was Dapper Dan, you know. he. Oh, yeah. He had the frost tips and the yeah. bleached hair. And the, oh, yeah. He, sh- he peeled it one time. And, yeah. you know, he had a lot of different looks through the years. So it was pretty fun. You know? yeah. yeah. I hit the important part. You got <laughs> Well, everybody started laughing when Jace walked in. I was leaving literally because when the when the band gets cranking, that's when I'm at at home. But because I can't, you can't talk over all these people. I can't. I'm about getting like you, Dad. I can't hear well with a lot of racket like that. Oh, yeah. So then I start shouting. Well, then I didn't have a voice for the podcast. So I was like, I got to leave for the for the good of the team. But it was yeah. fun. It was. Yeah, you know, it kind of fits in with what we're fixing to go over on these these four chapters in a in a subtle way with the. You know, a lot of people have trouble of laughing at themselves. That's right. Or thinking of themselves way too mightily. And uh, there's fixed to be a lot well, of Well, you know, that's, it's funny you said that because— uh, We pretty well, y'all, through the family structure, pretty well shocked all that. Well, you know, here's a couple of things I observed, Ed, <laughs> that were interesting. One was that I thought to myself when I got home, and Melissa's down and Zach, so we were just sitting around talking, and I said, you know, there aren't a lot of families that could do what we just did. Like, we're throwing each other on the bus, everybody's laughing. I mean, you know, it it gets personal, but it's like nobody's, you know, we're not not sensitive to ribbing each other. But I thought a lot of families would be so sensitive about, you know, just joking. So I was like, the cause of that is. Well, I don't know, but I thought, you know, this people would be mad. They wouldn't talk to each other. How dare you say that? So I thought a lot of families couldn't have pulled off what we just did. I mean, our culture exhibited our interaction, our family structure, 50, 60 of us now. If they exhibited that type of behavior, they would be stunning. Yeah. This would be rare. Oh, exactly. I mean, nobody's mad at anybody. No, and you walk away. It was funny. I mean, we had a good time. But, uh, I guess it does call for a thick skin, but, you know, from from interaction from 50 years ago and interacting with one another, it now, at least everybody's laughing. Well, right. I, here's a here's what I think that my theory is, is that people have different mechanisms of dealing with you know, hard times or, you know, not having a lot. And I think that's what their we sins, did. We always, their mistakes. We, we always just kind of just took it in stride and, and, yeah. you know, had a sense of humor about it and kept going. You know, we know we didn't, we didn't have anything. We came from nothing, but I mean, that's part of the whole allure of it all. Now, the other thing I observed was that Willie himself, he told, he, he talked about Cy. He said, you know, Cy used to, he's called me every fat joke in the world on, on the duck show. And he said, I wrote all those lines. And he did. He fed them to Cy to say about him because they were funny. Yeah, I and, didn't know that. Oh, yeah. And he said that last night. And he said, Cy, he said, Cy delivered it. Flu-. You know, Cy probably would have never said that. But yeah. Willie was telling him, you know, call me this, say this, you know. The yeah. whole time, wasn't he, Jay? I mean. Well, because Cy is the only one of the, of the cast that really you just, no matter what, you could tell him to say something. And it's he like he just thought of it. Yeah. You know, everybody else, you know, he can't pull it off. Oh, exactly. Because and he loved those ideas. Oh yeah. You know I mean? But I what I, my point is that you gotta have some pretty good self confidence to feed people, you know, jokes about the way you look. Oh. You know, on national yeah. television. Oh, and, yeah. and yet he did it. And I think that was the spirit of the whole thing last night, which was a lot of fun for me. I, I, it's my style of sense of humor, so I, I enjoyed it. It was funny. So I'm sure he threw y'all on the bus, which that was good too. So that made it all worthwhile. I got pretty thick. So what skin. about so Missy's birthday was 
What'd you do? Did you do her birthday the same day as Willie's? Did you well, do anything special this see, year? See, Willie's actual birthday is mine was, mine was yesterday. Here's the 24th. His uh, is the 22nd. 22nd? Yep. Two so, days before. So tomorrow. And, and yeah, you should know this, but well, it's okay. So it's officially, he's. He's, he's uh, 50 now. 50 tomorrow. No, he was he was fifty last Friday. Oh, that's why they did such a big deal. Yeah, it was his fiftieth. Yeah, it was last Friday day. He's two days before. I gave him a Honda. Oh yeah, that's right, twenty second. Yeah, size is coming up. His is at twenty seventh tomorrow. Size is tomorrow. I gave him a Honda, and he looked at me strangely. I was like, I just think no. The reason I do that because nobody else would do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Somebody, somebody, uh, somebody emailed me and said, "Did Jace give?" Willie, fifty fifty dollar bills. No, he gave me fifty fifty <laughs> on the podcast. I just gave him a hundo. Yeah. So he, if I keep this up, I'll eventually pay him back off. So yeah. Well, I'll I'll go on the record saying he gave me nothing. Plus, yeah. Willie is the one. I guess Jace is just is close there, but not quite. But, no, we're pretty. But close. he's operating out of a somewhat of a palace, I would say. I mean, I call it the Taj Mahal of Arkansas. Oh, oh right? yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, I'm close to that. So yeah, I'm, Phil, I'm my just... house is 75 years old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I fixed it up, but I never went the big house route. Let's get a bigger house because <laughs> everybody pulled out and they say you need a bigger house because now you're famous. You know, they they build big houses. I'm like, no. I said I'm staying in the world where we started. I said I paid it off. I don't owe any money. I'm not going up. That was one of Willie's. I got my house that, next to nothing. I mean, it was. That was one of my ro- Willie's roads to me. He said, "Al's the only one that he he didn't get rich and famous, but he lives like he did." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Every time he's in the Bahamas, you, every you other week." Around Al, and you said, "Well, okay, now." <laughs> pretty funny. Which, that was pretty funny. That was a good. He said, "He said oh. then he he puts a trailer in the neighborhood, and then he moves to Florida. So now I got to look at his trailer every day." <laughs> So uh, to answer your question, because last week was, that's why I was taking a nap. We were doing those promos for the show this week. Last week was brutal. And I mean, the way this works, because a lot of y'all are probably wondering how this works. You film the show, well, then you do the promos for the network that will, they call call them teasers. But when you do those, it's Way bigger crews, way bigger cameras, but the segments are real short. Mm-hmm. So they're like 15, 20 seconds. And you just do random, random things. It seems a little silly, but they're trying to put stuff on the internet or on TV that people say, huh, maybe I should watch this show. Right. Or, just little teasers. So yeah. I did that for a few days, but that was right leading into Missy's birthdays. So I kept trying to get out of there. To, because I was like, I got to get something for a birthday, but it just these these things went on. I mean, they were pretty much from daylight to dark, and so I wind up. I Sounds this, nightmarish to me. It was, and uh, so I called this flower shop, and I was like, I want the best thing you got. Put it because I thought that's that's all I can do, <laughs> and uh, so I got her. Perhaps one of the greatest display of a flower arrangement that you've ever seen. <laughs> I should have taken a picture. So what did set you about a couple hundred? Oh, more than that. Ooh, but you're really? right, right? Oh, you went, you went, you dug deep, Edge. Eh, you're getting up I in mean, dad territory now. Over a couple hundred, it wasn't three hundred. My territory. <laughs> yeah, I know how you buy those flower arrangements. Oh, that's well, look, a lot of them had the blooms in them, so like they're just now blooming. I mean, it looks pretty spectacular. Oh, it's spring. Yeah, she's got the yeah. perfect time for a flower mm-hmm. birthday. And I mean, she's at. What do you get? You know. Like, yeah. What if she doesn't point, need anything? I mean, a couple hundred bucks for some flowers. That. I mean. It was, and she seemed happy. But uh, that's just went, one poker hand for you. Yeah, I actually had, you know, played <laughs> cards for the first time in a long time. So that <laughs> so you get your that. flower money all lined up. Oh, yeah. Money, yeah, it's the way the economy works, Phil. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I was excited about that. She's visiting the visiting grandbaby. The grandbaby. Yeah, so. you can't ever have enough of that. Let's yeah. take let's take a break. So I had fun. Uh, coming up with that for Willie's roast, I did a hairstyle thing about all his different hairstyles through the years. And uh, it was a lot of fun. But it's interesting because you start looking back, Jason, on pictures of yourself and you see the changes. 
you know, I mean, when, over time, you know, I just kind of did a little, you know, 40 year run, you know, for Willie. So a lot of people do that. They look at photos of themselves and they start realizing, you know what, I'm losing hair at a rapid rate. I mean, it hasn't really happened to us, but it happens to a lot of people that they young, you know, the male pattern baldness kicks in early. So one of our longtime sponsors is a company called Keeps. Uh, they're clinically proven, FDA-approved hair treatments, and so it's available online. So it helps you prevent the hair loss and stimulate hair growth uh, to really kind of keep the hair that you have. So that's their idea. No waiting rooms, no pharmacy visits. Keeps is delivered straight to your door at about half the cost. That's half the cost. So check these guys out. If balding jokes are wearing thin, join thousands of guys who have saved their hair. Visit keeps.com slash door for 50% off your first order. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door. Check them out. But I taught, I taught, we all taught yesterday. Huh? Mm-hmm. I preached the second half. It's kind of funny because I said yesterday, all, all the years I preached at, at WFR, I've never heard of a second Easter, but that's yeah. that's the way I frame my because because you know the Easter Sunday Mike and I did the first half of First Corinthians fifteen, you know we timed it out where that'd be the Easter sermon. It was and it was good. And then yesterday I went back on the second half about the resurrection body. You know in that second half yeah. of that taste. But man, somebody was like, man, that's the best sermon I've ever heard. I said, well, look, peons with you, this text will preach itself. I mean. You know, you ain't got to say much. You just read First yeah. Corinthians 15, you got a sermon, you know. That's actually interesting because I talked about, I went through Colossians, and uh, which we're, people have been wondering where we're going to next. I think that's where we we're decided headed. That. We haven't decided, but I think we have because you were, I didn't know you were teaching yesterday, and then I had a, a guy from one of our elders at WFR said, you and Mike are to preach through the book of Colossians because this is one of my favorites. That's books. so weird that I taught that yesterday. Yeah, I, mean, I, I did it in and told you last, that. I mean, one hour, but I mean, I don't mind getting in and rolling the sleeves up and getting into that Colossians. Colossians is rich. Well, well, a couple, we had a couple, and uh, they asked me, could they, uh, we've got a baptistry there at the little place we are, but they said they just wanted to be baptized in the river, like remind them of the old days, you know, mm-hmm. Uh they had never obeyed the gospel, but they said they watched this podcast right here. Mm-hmm. And the more they watched, they said, "Hmm." They said, "You know, we need." I yeah, need, I talked to. I, I had talked to his I wife. Kind of set it up. With Jason yeah. was his name. Yeah, yeah they, they had uh, Jason and Devin, uh, his, Devin, his wife, a couple of young boys. You know, but it was a great baptism. Tony went out and filmed it, and uh, he's going to do a print for them. Oh, that's cool. Above their baptism. Yeah. You know, like coming forth from the water, you know. Oh, yeah. It did look pretty cool. It yeah. was a, you know, Tony was out there, you know, the artist. Yeah. So he was he was on board, he and Phyllis. So we walked down on the riverbank, you know, and we just drove from there down there. And he said, man, what a, what a day this has been. I said, well, today's my birthday. <laughs> and it's the day you two happen to be born it's again. The, it's the new birthday. And they yeah. were like, man. <laughs> I said they. Like they'll never kind, forget that. Oh, oh! They said we will never forget this yeah. day. That's pretty well, special. It was a cool thing. All you listeners out there, don't forget that. You know, hey. They had. Uh, they did a down the street from y'all's church. They did a uh, women's retreat, and I know I heard them say they had Cassady uh, yeah. there, and she spoke yesterday. It was really good. I slept in there and heard it, and uh, they had thirty-one baptisms last night. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Or, no, it's. Yeah, the night before. I told Sadie, I saw her. I knew she was speaking, and I said, uh, did you lay one down today? And she said, I laid one down, Uncle Al. I said, well, I did, too. I was at the other end of the street. We got both We got both ends of North 7 cover. Yeah. Yeah, she did it on, uh, really, that, you know, when we read the verse in Second Corinthians, where was that at, about the promises? Since we have these promises, Second uh, Corinthians 7, 1, because she did it on, God being a promise keeper versus the empty promises. Oh, that's good. Boy, she got to the end and she listed off about 20 of the promises because it was more just listening to imp- like the world. They they promise yeah. the same things, but they're just empty. Yep. That, that was basically her lesson. But uh, then she read promises off the made, 20 of promises the promises. Kept. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The 20 of them, and they were, it was, it was a little. You know, she went out on a, on, a, on a riff there that was, I mean, the, the audience. Were, they were just clapping at 
they were kept yeah. trying to clap, but she kept going. They kept clapping, and finally they just all clapped. I mean, it was really good, and the yeah. energy in there was phenomenal. So yeah, you know, uh, Mom and Lisa, because you know they were on our podcast last week uh, talking about their new book, Sister Roar, which by the way you can check that out Amazon. Leave a review. Um, they, uh, she said that they did Sadie's podcast, and Lisa, you know, Lisa and I have done a lot of interviews with big media, and you know, all of us have. And and Lisa said that Sadie was one of, if not the best, one of the best interviewers she's ever been interviewed by on the podcast. And you which, Sadie? yeah, well, and she which, was probably prepared. Well, that's right. <laughs> unlike, uh, <laughs> well, I shouldn't say unlike us. Unlike you, Jay, she uh, she actually hey, prepares I'm for first our podcast. Peter three fifteen. Yeah, there you go. Always be. But but I, you know, I never thought about that because I've never listened to you know her interview somebody. But I mean, for Lisa to say that, what I'm saying is she has some experience in being interviewed, and yeah. she's like she's really good. Well, speaking of prepared, so I read these four chapters that are left in Second Corinthians. But they, you have to kind of view them in totality. No, so it's a block. He, it's it's his closing block, no doubt about it. It's a closing block because I, I mean, you tend to go verse by verse, chapter by chapter maybe. But in this section, if you're going to follow along, you just need to read all four chapters. Right. I call he, it the final defense. Like when, when I read it and outlined it, because to me it was like his – this whole thing in Second Corinthians to me has been a response to, to what he dealt with in First Corinthians, because it's almost like he's one minute he's apologetic, like, "I look, I, this is rough, I know, you know, you." But then he comes back, he's like, "But we can do this together." So it's like he's well, just this riding the rail. You true, know? but I mean, look, I was—I told you I was kind of convicted on reading eight and nine because I usually, as a general rule, don't like to hear lessons on giving, but. There's a difference in that in hearing what God is to say through the Holy Spirit through this situation through Paul. Correct. It was it was it was awesome. And I feel the same way here. I know I've read these chapters before, but I don't I don't guess I read them in their totality enough to where I was thinking practically. And there was a couple things that stood out before we get into it to me. Is that you don't usually think of people not being believers in the church. Right. I mean, you think, oh, the world's out here, and then the church is in here, and and what I mean by that is the building. But there was a lot of people here that he's addressing that were insulting Paul. (laughs) I mean, just, he doesn't really get into it because he didn't have his feelings hurt. and Because he's like, hey, great. If you want me to be a fool, I'll be a fool. You want me to become weak to so the kingdom advance? I'll become weak. And then he kind of plays a game in there when he says, but if you want to get into boasting, let me, let's play that game. And he starts talking about what he's gone through. Mm-hmm. And, and Sadie actually read that yesterday where he, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I've ever read anything like it. When he just talked about what he went through for the kingdom, which we'll get to it in 11, but. If you don't, if you, what, what stood out to me is I should never complain or argue about things not going my way. Cause here's a man who, how many books did he write? Uh, at least 13, maybe 14. 13 books. If he wrote Hebrews, it's 14. And the man was just probably scarred from head to toe, had been beaten, whipped, lost everything, shipwrecked. I mean, just, and now he's got, people in the church just ridiculing him and so he 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 addresses that it's almost like it reminded me of forgot what movie that is i'm sure someone will remind me that it's like when the guy got uh what was that movie when he wrote the memo that he got all excited or something about his work and so he writes a memo he's like we're gonna change the way we operate here well that led him two days later to get fired you know, because he put a memo in everyone's little drawer. Uh-huh. And they fired him. They're like, way <laughs> too radical a, a thought here. But and and my point is, it's sometimes when you're when people rally against you, it's hard for us to look above that at the big picture and say, "Fine, you can ridicule me all all I want, but I'm still going to love you." 
I'm still going to be here for you, and I'm still going to try to get the gospel to the world, which is what he's trying to do. Right. And and I said all that to say this. I, I concluded their main problem was that they didn't feel like Jesus was enough. Wasn't enough. Yep. You As had to says, have some great articulation. Yep. You had to have some great arguments because he brings all this subtly in the next. As he up. said in Romans, he said the same thing to the church at Rome. As the scripture says, everyone, everyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He's trying to make it simple because with the Corinthians, he was having trouble with this very text that Paul wrote to the Romans. How then can they call on the one whom they not believe? Now, he's the tip of the spear. And watch, how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? This is Romans 10. How can they hear without someone preaching to them? He's given them big picture. How can they preach unless they're sent? As it's written, the, how, the, how beautiful the feet are of those who bring good news. That's his point to the Corinthians. But not all of the Israelites accepted the good news. There's going to be splintering. There's going to be division. All he's saying is, ends up by saying, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. He said, didn't they hear their voices going out to all the earth, the words to the end of the world? He said, this thing is going worldwide. And Jay said, if you just step back a little over 2,000 years later, we now sit here. Look at the division, this denominational thing, and the splintering and the dividing that's happened to Christianity when right at the center of it is Jesus coming down in flesh, mm -hmm. dying on a cross, being buried and raised from the dead. Went back into heaven. He's at the right hand of God mediating for his people. Faith in that, repentance and baptism, you're in. It's that simple. Yeah. But just look at what the theologian, I don't know all, but from the time Paul was trying to get the Corinthians, he was saying, man, I mean, this is a tough thing to do here. Right. Well, not only was it a tough thing to do, 2,000 years later proves you needed somebody like him who has the final word, God sent. God chose this guy who had been a, a murdering thug. He, he chose him to write down what we now read with the, with the Corinthians. So, you know, by Colossians, I read it the other day, he said the gospel had been preached to every creature under heaven. Yeah. They all heard it. Well, there wasn't as many people back then. Wasn't as many people, mm -hmm. but according to Colossians <laughs> chapter one, that yeah, everybody it, has heard it, every it, creature. Which was really interesting, Dad, because he makes Which the, was the goal of the whole well, thing. Well, he makes that point later in the, in this section yep. we're going to be talking about that his goal is to get beyond their region. He, he said, we got to get and beyond Macedonia. And he also said, I'm not going to be bad mouthing somebody who's doing the same work we are. Right. We, we, we don't want to step on them. Right. They're, they're, they're over here, and they're a little bit of... Off here and off there, but, yeah. but he was saying, but the gospel is coming. The only way this thing turned into a worldwide phenomena, as they say, is faith comes from hearing the message. At least 2,000 years later, Jesus is known worldwide. Take him or leave him, hate him or love him. He's still there, Al. Yes. The message is still there. Let's, let's take a break. So I got a house full of people, Jays, because we had uh, you know everybody in for the for Willie's roast. It takes it takes a village to have a Willie party. Yeah. So Lisa told me she's gonna be washing sheets all day because you know she's one of these that people come over to your house. You're not exactly sure, so you got to take all the sheets off and wash them. Oh, well, they do it. I think that's standard operation. Yeah, which is not bad. So one of the things that uh, you get at our house, uh, which you may not at some houses, when you sleep on one of my beds. You're going to be sleeping on bowl and branch sheets because they are the best, no doubt about it. Uh, great touch to them, great feel. They're they're made with the highest quality threads on earth, which is pretty good. Um, they have over ten thousand stellar reviews. Uh, they they say about themselves, and I agree. This has a buttery feel uh, to the sheet. So, I want you to check these guys out. They're hundred percent free from toxin. 
Uh, no pesticides, no harsh chemicals are ever made. They're going to give you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping and returns on all orders. So there's no no reason not to try this product. Uh, you're going to love it. I, I promise you. I promise you, you won't be sending them back. Uh, so if you miss the uh, Bowling Branch April sale, you get 20% post-sale site-wide discount through the end of April with promo code Robertson at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowl, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Use the promo code Robertson, 20% off through the end of April. Check them out. What I, what I think we should do, and I'd like to read this, because I think he kind of entertains their accusations, not in a playful way, but there's a lot of quotations in here where he's saying, it's not like it's sarcasm, but what would you call it? It's, it's like, you're it's, calling me timid, quotation marks. Uh, so I think it is sarcasm. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's hard for us to imagine that out of a New Testament writer, but he he's there's several times in Corinthian letters. They were saying... Well, was leading to division and 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 uh, uh, chaos chaos yeah. within the body of Christ. He was trying to get them to see. Well, what I think we should do is read the end. I, I just want to refer to it because we'll get there again. But because he he kind of plays this game with them, like that they're. Playing, I mean, I, I won't say it's playing a game. I don't, I don't know how else to characterize it for a couple of chapters. It's like he's being coy, yeah, but not really. But then he gets to the end in chapter twelve and like twenty. I think this is the heart of the matter. These next few verses, what he was saying, he said, "For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be." And you may not find me as you want me to be. That's going to be obvious in the three chapters before this, what we're fixing to read. I fear that there may be quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, faction, slander, gossip, mm -hmm. arrogance, and disorder. I'm afraid that when I come back, God will humble me before you, and I will be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin, and debauchery in which they have indulged. So he kind of gets to the heart heart of the matter here, which is... Which that's popped up all along. Yeah, their life, the bottom line is, you're accusing me of not being an eloquent speaker, and you know, I don't know what I'm talking about, and y'all have these super apostles that you're following, and you don't necessarily need There's G a lot Jesus. of sin in here. Yeah, but he's like, <laughs> bottom line here, you're doing a lot of cutting up. And and just look, as a general rule, because you think about what he's trying to say, you shouldn't be getting your theology from someone who is morally corrupt in their life. Just think about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if someone is morally bankrupt out there and then they're wanting to argue about all these religious thoughts, well, you know. There's I, plenty of them, I don't too. Think I, I think he lost whatever you're doing is not working, sir. So that's kind of what he's saying. It's and th credibility. So then when he says uh, in verse 2 of chapter 13, he says, I already gave you uh, a warning when I was with you the second time. I now repeat it while I'm absent. On my return, I will not spare those who sinned earlier or any of the others. So he goes back to what he just said. He's like, we're going to, I'm going to confront this. We're going to deal with it. Yeah. And then I think here's the problem when I said Jesus is not enough. It's a sense that you are demanding proof that Christ is speaking through me. Because they're saying, you're, you're not even, whoever this Jesus is, because they had to be reminded. Who are you to tell 15, us? He's definitely not speaking through you because you're just not very good. That was their situation. You remember in 1 Corinthians 2 when he said uh, he, he was saying that he wasn't very talented. He said, when I came to you, I was I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom. Because yep. they're saying that. You're, yeah. you're Even here, he's like, I'm not a trained speaker. And you, you evidently have some. And he almost says in the, in and, earlier, I write better than I speak. <laughs> all right. Then he says, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Christ Jesus and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and fear. And with much trembling, my message were not with persuasive words, wise and persuasive words, but, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, which is what they were doing, but rather on God's power, because he's addressing that again. So then he gets 
to uh, then it says in verse four, or that you know, since you are demanding proof that Christ speaking through me, he is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. And then he goes back to Christ. He takes the high road, but to be sure, he was crucified in weakness. Yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him. Yet by God's power, we will live with him. Look, to serve you, he's not taking it personal. As much as I think most people would in the church, including me, I'd have a hard time loving these people. It'd be tough. So then he says, examine yourselves. Now, this, I think, is the most stern thing. To see whether you're in the faith. You need to take a good personal character inventory. Test yourselves. And then I love this. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I will trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. I, I just thought that we should read that first because that's what he's going to get to in his analysis because he starts off in chapter 10 talking about, look, we're He's saying we're everybody, meek, we're everybody should analyze themselves and their behavior and does it correspond with a repentant, born-again servant. Is that is that is that right. adding up? That's what he's saying. There's a problem here. You don't agree with me. I'm trying to promote Jesus. I'm being humble and gentle and meek and even looking the other way of you insulting me. And what are you doing? A lot of cutting up. That, that that's just what he that that's what it was down to. Yeah, and you think about it. Uh, that carried on through all the way to 2022. Yeah, still, that's what I'm saying. It's still going on today. Uh-huh. I mean, you're yeah, it how many is. times have you seen people? But to your you know, point, let's take another break. To your point, Jay's remember at the very beginning of First Corinthians, the problem was they were following men instead of Christ. That that began yep. the process to your earlier point. If you get uh, your that's fo- still that's still going still on. there. And if you get your focus there, then all of a sudden there's disunity. Then there's all these issues they were doing, selfishness that was there. And then you get these sinful situations. I mean it's it's against that progressive nature of sin is what happens. And it starts mm-hmm. with not being firmly fixed in Christ. You know, that's why Hebrew writers said fix your eyes on Jesus. Even even Christian people Various churches, they embrace horrific, sinful mm-hmm. sins. And they, yeah. they just, you know, men yeah. having sex with men, women with women. You know, you, you start reading through the list and you say, wait a minute here. I mean, the Corinthians, they were struggling with the same well, thing. Well, uh, Zach and I talked yesterday. We were talking about preaching. And I told him, I said, you know, I feel like this is kind of the second bite of the apple for me to preach because I've been preaching just a volunteer. And... What I've realized this time, and the podcast has helped me, our discussions, that the person of Jesus, the person and story of Jesus, needs to be at the heart of every presentation, and because yep. it is in the book. Yep. So where people get off, I think from a pastoral perspective, is when they get issue-driven or, you know, whatever, doctrine-driven, where everything is, what does the Bible say about They go with the culture instead of the creator. So then you get caught up in that, and you can miss well, Jesus. I mean, you know, it's exactly. It's I mean, look, thing. I did something you probably should never do, but since I'm not getting paid to speak at churches, <laughs> I just did it. Because I hear it, they asked me to teach a class. Well, I go in, the, and the, the class is called personal evangelism. And it was for just for the leaders. So what I did you was trash just, that route the back. I just ripped the title. <laughs> I was like, some poor what person I'm made it up and sit out there all embarrassed. Is, is is give you some insight in how to introduce Jesus. We're not gonna call. I'm not gonna call it evangelism because that word is not in the it's Bible. Not in the Bible. That's I was true. like, because in that case, only an evangelist would qualify. It's just crickets. It's just a name, Chase. But no, nobody said anything. But I just thought, well, that's how we miss this stuff. It is. All right, let's do a program where we're going to talk about sharing Jesus and put it into a category called evangelism. I thought we should be sharing Jesus in every way possible. Everyone together. Which yeah. is the whole concept of ministry of reconciliation. Because yeah. people say, well, some people are skilled in evangelism. No, some people are skilled in you know, maybe door knocking or writing letters or, but there's different ways 
to, to accomplish participate. the same goal. Right. It's not a category of Christianity of sharing Jesus. And I think Paul illustrates this here. He kept getting back to as long as the gospel's getting out there. I don't even care if I'm weak or if I'm shipwrecked or if you're mad at me or you call me a name or even if you're cutting up, as long as it keeps going out, I'm we're moving with that. Yep. I mean, he was literally saying by all means. Well, the good possibly. news is it's still here. Jesus is still here. Yeah. And the gospel still the the gospel. Right. Just stick to it. It's well, not rocket science. Those two, that couple yesterday said this seems so simple. When we just read it, we'll obey it. I said, but it, is, it is simple. It's not rocket science. You don't have to be a brain to figure this out. No, and look, the, the beauty part of it is it's wherever you are. I, I met, I was in Pennsylvania last week and uh, met a couple of young, um, young veterans, you know, and they had been deployed. And so they were telling me about, you know, how much the podcast had spoken to them being, you know, 7,000 miles away from home in a desert somewhere that where you really need to be thinking about your relationship with Christ. You know, you're getting a situation like Think that. about it, Al. I'm 76 years old. Have you ever heard me refer to myself as being an evangelist? You've no. never heard me of, say that. But you kind I, I'm of not an evangelist. I don't know what exactly that is, but. I, well, the definition of it, you kind of fit, but yeah, you're I right. Agree. I, mean, I was just making the point that evangelism, they seem like, oh, we have a leadership because that they think it's just a small group of people's job to share Jesus. I don't know where that came from. I always say, Dale, I've been saying it for 50, 60 years, watch out for the isms. <laughs> well, that's a, that was a good that's point. That's a good point. My point is, are we a lot all... Of isms look, are in the church, too. Are we all ambassadors of Christ? That we I think we are. I well, think sure. that was clear from Second Corinthians sure. 5. Well, why, don't invent words. <laughs> I, I don't like it when people do sermons or lectures on words that were invented post-Bible. What if what if the title of the class had been Kingdom Ambassadors? You'll be getting somewhere there. Uh, uh, how, to be, how to be a more effective Kingdom Ambassador. I made a comment and I moved on, and, but I'm not going to dwell on it and say, oh, you're... You know, you're in danger. You're you've added to the Bible. No, I'm not going to be some hardhead right. on it. It's cuz people I don't think their motives were wrong. Now, in this case, if there's a lot of cutting up going on, that's a different thing. Yeah. And I think it was. And even then, Paul still he's still trying to say, "Oh, I, you're never going to stop me from loving you." He says that in there. He's oh, exactly. like, "I'm going all the way." Their biggest problem I think it's summed up from something we read earlier in 2 Corinthians 4 or 5. You, now it makes sense when he said, for we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were promoting themselves because he gets to verse, uh, I guess we can save that first paragraph of 10 because I know we have a lot to talk about there. But, yeah, I definitely. But they, they uh, I like how they say, I don't, I mean, it's a negative thing, but in chapter 10 and verse 12, he says, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. Because, I mean, they were commending their own measures. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare <laughs> themselves with themselves, they are not wise. <laughs> That's why he said over, I, I, I brought this up many times, almost a hundred times in the letters, he referred to Jesus as Lord, which is way more than the normal right. in the New Testament, because they had a submission problem. They were they were going around being promoting themselves and comparing themselves with themselves. <laughs> well, you just think about it. No wonder there's so much corruption in their life, because what is the source of sin? Most people say, well, it's the devil. Now, he mentions his role in here at least three times in the last four chapters. Right. But, you know, the book of James is pretty clear that God is not tempting us. Each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away as a tice. And then he, he goes on to say, where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder right. and every evil practice. That's James 3.16. So... That, that's why they're not promoting Jesus. Why? Because they're promoting themselves. Well, what, what happens when you promote yourself? You start cutting up. Yeah. Yep. See, because that's what sin is. You're yep. trying to look and please yourself. So let's take another break.
but don't you think, Dad, that that one verse that he read, verse 12, is this culture we currently live in on steroids? Compare oh, no, all, all standards yeah. to yourself. Yeah. In other words, and that, here's the way they'll word it now. Oh, man, so you're speaking your truth. Yeah, that's, that's your truth for you. That's, you know, I can respect that. And, and oh, somebody, here's the way they phrase it, Alec. <laughs> be you. Yeah, you be you. So that sounds good. That's your truth. You be you. And I want to raise my hand so every time I be me, bad things happen. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't it always wind up in these immoral, crazy, like who would have ever thought of somebody doing this yep. lifestyle? I mean, this is where it ends. You're right. When you when you unshackle it, that it's only driven by what I think about myself, and that's my standard, that's a low standard. Whew. You know, I need something much bigger than that. That's why I said these four chapters were way richer than I realize. Yeah, because you got to take them as a collective. Well, and I just think for in our culture, this same thing's going on. It's actually worse now today when you just look at the world because he's going to get into this spiritual battle. But what's also for us is that we get mad in the church where Paul didn't. I mean, he he was willing to overlook their immaturity and their just unbelief. I don't know other way how else to call it. Right. I mean, if you're believing in yourself and not Jesus as Lord, you're an unbeliever. And he he's just, I mean, that is your struggle. That doesn't mean that he can't write how many letters did he wind up writing them? Four that we know, or, you know, two that we have, but right. a couple more. And these visits, he's coming and all this is going on, but he, he just didn't take it personal. I mean, to me, that's what stood out because it makes me mad when people attack me over especially things that I just absolutely know they're wrong on. And I'm it, it, it's hard to just overlook that and say, let me look at the big picture here. I mean, because that's where I got to apply this to me because, right. we're, look, we're persecuted from even our own number. Yep. And I think in Paul's case, you're right, Jace. It, it would have been easier for him with the Corinthians had he not lived there a year and a half, and he loved them deeply because he spent all that. And he spent more time with this church, as far as we read, than any other one in terms of physically being there. So I, I think it does. I think it was deeper, and which is why he had to keep saying what he's saying. I mean, he's like, I love the one you thing. It makes him funny. It, it it's not funny, haha, but just it's some funny banter. I mean, he he go, gets into this, and it just gets. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Something. I know there's going to be people who ask. I've heard a lot of different comments to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassing and great revelations. God's working with him close. There was given me. I mean, he he's, he almost says uh, for somebody to be given the revelations that I've seen. He said in the midst of all that so that he wouldn't get the big head, I guess. There was given me a thorn in my flesh. I don't believe at all that it was a literal a thorn on a on a locust thorn tree that, that had pierced him. Yes. It may have but been. He, had a, he had a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, so you know it's not good, to torment me. Uh, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Maybe he's just saying throughout all of this, you know, about being conceited and y'all are trying to attack me, you know, and you want me to, and he's, he's trying to answer them. He tells them he loves them, you know, and keep the main thing, the main thing. But in the midst of all that, he, he said, this just, I, I, I was given a thorn. What do you think he meant well, by that? My, my, well, a lot of people have theories about it. My, mine I've is heard all- so many, I've heard so many people you know, I've always I've always thought the simplest explanation, and it could be totally wrong, is the he was talking about his sight because we know from the end of Galatians and other play he never saw well again after he was struck down on the road to Damascus. It would have been a messenger of Satan because it's spiritually a, he saw, but right, physically physically couldn't see. I, right. I think he was asking the Lord, "Will you restore my sight?" And he was like, "No, you're good like you are." Because it is a reminder. And the reason I think he says the messenger of Satan is because the reason he was struck down is he was working for the evil one and thought he was doing the right thing. Yep. That's the ultimate. I mean, my take know, on it that's, is. That's always been my take. But that's kind of what, what would, would be you the answer simplest that with, explanation. Jace? 
Yeah, it's weird. But that makes sense it, it, to me. It's weird how we're, you know, we're all in the same family. We have totally different takes on things. I've always looked at that as, because people usually blame God for bad things happening. Mm-hmm. And, but, and then they blame the evil one for sin happening in our life. So I, that's why I read the James 1. I don't think he should be blamed for sin. I think the evil one is real good at three things. He's real good at offering pain, pleasure, and position. Now, none of those three things are necessary. Homiletics, that's really good. Pain, pleasure, and It just position. popped into my head. I'm sure somebody else came up with it, but it, <laughs> Holy Spirit threw it in there. And so my point is none of those things are necessarily sinful. Right? Correct. That's right. So those are the temptation. I mean, that's a platform where temptation occurs. I mean, when you think back to Jesus being tempted in the uh, in the wilderness, I guarantee I haven't looked because, like I said, those three things popped in my head. But I'm sure that platform was there. He hadn't eaten right. very much in 40 days, if at all. And... The position, I know, because I remember him saying, I'll give you, you see everything you have here. And I think to uh, to Sadie's point yesterday, she was talking about this, that it was more the the evil one offering him the same thing without the sacrifice, which I think was a good point. Because you're like, most people just dismiss that. Like, well, Jesus had anything anyway, but he had become a human. And it's like, well, let's just rule the world but my way, you don't have to. I mean, I don't think the evil one knew that he was going to be sacrificed, but the temptation or the platform provided the temptation, which is, yeah, I don't have to. I don't have to die on a cross for my sins. So my my point is, I think here when he said uh, the reason the Lord allowed it and the reason the the messenger of Satan did that was so that a temptation would happen for him to deny God. Take this away, God. But he just realized God is God allows that so you'll depend on me. That's why he kept saying I'm weak and I'm a fool so that everybody will know the power's coming from God. But he also recognized it because he wrote about it, that God allowed the messenger of Satan to bring pain, physical pain into my life to see what I'm going to do with it. But that's why when he starts off in, in chapter 10, to again, to my point, you can't really understand this unless you put all the four chapters together. He's like, it's a spiritual war. Well, the evil one specializes on physical, of making that, those three things that I said, the position, the pleasure. These are all physical things that happen to us to try to get to the spiritual. So uh, let's let's flesh that out a little bit more in our overtime. Remember, it's uh, blazetv.com slash unashamed. Uh, if you want to subscribe to Blaze and get our little uh, 15 or so minutes of overtime sessions that we do uh, along with our podcast. So uh, check us out on the other side. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.